it was just funny because the first time we ever tried it, I was like, do you want me to drink that? What, the avocado? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you really you had a strange segue into it, I, I believe, when you just brought it out of the bag and you were like, you want to try some shelf-stable egg liqueur? Like, no, I don't. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that was a fantastic dinger impression. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. Wait, is that a voice? An, an uncommon voice? Uh, and that's Micah. It's just another beard. <laughs> we do have another beard in the room today. Mm-hmm. So, if you didn't catch that, we got a little guest in the house today. Joshua James, a local celebrity bartender, mm-hmm. restaurateur. <laughs> true. Local very celebrity. True. He is local celebrity. Local B-list celebrity. It's <laughs> a good list to be on. Um, so, owner of Clever Coy and Across the Pond. Fellow Osteria. Oh, yes. Fellow Osteria. Where you, I, I was going to say, that's where I go most. most, probably out of those because it's close to work. So I stopped by there for lunch yeah, or my over happy hour. Um, and yeah, just all over the scene, it seems like. I see your name pop up quite a bit. Yeah, we're uh, going strong. Six years. Nice. Six years, yeah. four stores. We've got a new concept we're working on right now that should be hopefully open at the end of summer. Should be a kind of a fast, casual version of Clever Coy that's called Broth and Bow. Um, so that will be that's in design phase and hopefully we'll be able to kick kick off in the next two or three months with that so they'll be right next door to fellow at sky song oh nice exciting last time i was on the show it was under different circumstances (laughs) it was very much different different circumstances circumstances. and the reason listeners don't know about that is because the circumstances were so dire that we didn't even get our shit together and get that one. it was really funny though i still have it on my computer yeah. Yeah. And you can listen. It's really. It was, oh, yeah. That was when we got kind of a little tipsy. It was really hot, hot too. Yeah. And we had a lot of tech, technical difficulties. So we just kept drinking. Yeah. That's when uh, Southwest stranded me in, in yes. Chicago. Yeah, that's right. And you <laughs> had all the equipment. Yeah. Yes. And now it's coming back to me. Yeah. Uh, well, Josh is joining us today because we have the owner of a brand out of Amsterdam. He's going to be in town. Got in touch with him. He's going to come on. So we thought, let's do a lead up try through the line, give our opinion. Then we hear straight from the source when he's in town. Also, the reason why he's in town is for Arizona Cocktail Weekend. So well, we you back a up lot and of tell fun us, uh, stuff with that, JJ being a big part of it, mm-hmm. which is why he is here. And what is that brand, Michael? The brand? Yeah. You could just say the brand, be real uh, conspicuous about it. By the Dutch. There you go. Brand is by the Dutch. They... Uh, Jos Zonneveld is the uh, owner and creator of all these recipes. Everything he does is uh, kind of inspired by the Dutch East Indy Trading Company and their influence, the the certain uh, things that became available once they started sailing the seas and transporting spices and, uh, you know, the evolution of Jennifer into gin, uh, Batavia Iraq, the Indonesian rum, really cool things. And also strange, very strange things well. to our American palate. But, but but good, but but good. Yeah, but good nonetheless. Stuff. I've tried one of those strange things over there. Is it avocat? Is that how you avocat say it? is avocat. probably the strangest yeah, to us. We'll get into Definitely. that. And backing up real quick, though. So we're kind of doing this in conjunction with by the Dutch, um, leading up to Arizona Cocktail Weekend, which is growing. I think 
every year. It seems like there's more and more events that are being added on to it. Um, a lot of cool events. And one of the events or maybe a couple events are um, being put on by by the Dutch. Correct, Michael? Yeah, right? they're a sponsor this year. So he's coming in town for it. There's some really cool things that we've got going on that he has going on for it. I just happen to be helping uh, with some of them. But yeah, I think Cocktail Weekend has become bigger, mostly in part because our downtown is actually getting bigger. Our yep. Phoenix downtown scene is... It was a wise move to make bring it downtown. For sure. Then Scott's, where it was in Scottsdale. It was a cool venue, though, when they had it at Valley Hill. But the, the having it be centrally located, particularly to a lot of the bars that are, you know, the higher end, you know, or I guess the more... More um, of the cocktail yeah, exactly. scene. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is right there. I've gone every year to at least one of the events. Last and always top bars. I always like that event. Um, it's kind of like, I think that's kind of like the culmination of all the events. It's a big event at the Croft. Micah knows that place, I think. Very familiar. Yeah. Micah got married there. Yeah. yeah. It's another shout out to my wedding on this podcast. <laughs> it's like three in a row. That's right. But yeah, you were you were ahead of the game because that was a couple of years ago, and uh, that spot really seems to have blown up. Um, lots of events there, but they always do top bars there, and that event's always a ton of fun. If uh, any locals are available Sunday, I always reach out to a bunch of friends. But you know, it's an industry thing a little bit in the sense that a lot of the industry goes, so I assume that's why it's on Sunday. Um, but Colin's sick on Monday. That's right. Yeah, Actually, you, could, you, know, you, power, you just power through it. Yeah. Do two hours, just go hard and right. try every bar and then go home. <laughs> before. And there's, they go even have some food there. So Yeah, they have food there. Yeah. So it's they have all a, kinds of entertainment. Awesome event. Bars from all across the country and all across the world now. All right. So, yeah, so that's one of the, that's the ending event. There's bars from, all, yeah, like you said, all yeah. over the world. I don't know the lineup this year. Uh, off the top of my head, we could probably look it up. But yeah, they're still adding. I think are there posts? Yeah, they're still. It, but, yeah, they're still trying. But to uh, but this but your events, I think. What are well? Tell me about tell me about an event here. Well, Josh will be at Top Bars. Yeah, we will um, be at Top Bars for Across the Pond. We'll be representing. We're doing uh, Jennifer events at Across the Pond as well. Yeah, on Saturday. Saturday. So this is all uh, kind of Valentine's weekend, February fifteenth, sixteenth, seventeenth. I think that I even saw an event on the 18th, but majority of the things are Saturday and Sunday. Well, they do Slinger on Monday, right? Finished with Slinger yeah, on Monday. Slinger. Yeah, there's a few things. I think I saw one event Thursday, some some stuff going on Friday, uh, and then one other thing on, on Tuesday. But the big, big stuff is is those three days. So Saturday, we're going to do Jennifer and Sushi at Across the Pond. Uh, do a little pairing with kind of the brininess of uh, Sushi and how this malt spirit of Jennifer compliments. Uh, Saturday night is Cocktail Carnival, something I'm super excited about. This is basically an event where all the brands are coming out and showcasing either spirits neat, showcasing what they have to offer, cocktails made with their spirits. But, you know, Carnival is kind of the theme, so I'm expecting to see some kind of big things, big showy booths or or uh you know i, I know one be, brand there'll be, in there'll particular be, there'll be some has dollars a, thrown at it a cement truck cocktail mixer if you've yeah, ever seen the monkey crazy. shoulder truck so you know i'm uh, sure some poured a ton of money in last year they did this um what was it it was for the uh that new label that 
Oh, the, the yeah, the purple. Yeah. 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 And they have the they have that like crazy house they did, and they took over like a floor of a hotel and something. Really, it was wild. Anyway, so so yeah, so buy the the Dutch in town. uh, Imported by Price Imports, which is phenomenal importer. Um, This is one of the many brands that they do, but uh, they will be in town as well. So Price Imports by the Dutch. Um, And this is the gin. I'm assuming we're starting with the Jennifer. But real quick, go back into the events. So Saturday, happy hour across the pond, Jennifer and Sushi. Saturday night, cocktail carnival. Been working on some things, <laughs> trying to get weird. A carnival st- outfit. Stand up against <laughs> these big brands. contribution to the night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come in with the best carnival outfit. It's going to be good. Sunday. Sunday we've got – so part of what we're going to be tasting is Batavia Iraq. They do an aged Batavia, which I'm sure just to have a Batavia Iraq is – strange for a portfolio it's not the most common uh style of rum but i think rum is really growing um so with that they do an aged one i think it's like eight or nine years in sherry casks and finished in a px sherry casks pedro jimenez this is really cool it's a small cast but uh undertow who which we've talked about on the show before they actually selected a cask to themselves so there's going to be an event at Undertow also Sunday, two different showings, I think starting at 11 a.m. Yos will be there to kind of go over the history of the Dutch East Indies Trade Company and its influence on a lot of these spirits and how they kind of um, became progressive. So we're starting with Jennifer. I did this one first because Jennifer dates back to before gin. Most classic cocktails, if they're written with gin now, most likely they were originally created with Jennifer. So, cheers. Cheers. Should we get a little clink? Plastic clink. (laughs) And any longtime Always Parched listener may or may not remember that. This Jennifer was on your twelve bottle list. That's, that's what I was just thinking. I was trying to remember if that was on his twelve yeah. bottle list. Yeah, I even forgot. But I do remember back in that time, I was I just happened to be drinking more Jennifer than ever in my life, which you know doesn't happen often. But at the time, I think I was introduced to, to this exact brand. So um, I love the texture of it. I think that Jennifer, you know, Jennifer is made from a, uh, what they call a malt wine. So the base is not a neutral grain where you're then distilling in different botanicals and herbs like you would a gin. You start with a malt distillate. So the texture of this um, really plays a role. I think in a Negroni is awesome, uh, kind of can offset the bitter of your Italian aperitivo. So I, I think it's fun. It still gets some similar botanicals like you would in gin. There's definitely gen, um, juniper in it. This one, I believe, also has like some ginger and, you know, the typical citrus rinds. And yeah, it's good. Texture. So is that – so would you say that's the big difference between Jennifer and gin? It's the, the texture? base. Yeah, oh, the base. The malt- it has the, the maltiness So there's different sure. – yeah. There's different kinds of Jennifer. There's – Malt Jennifer, which what is like 15th century, I want to say, and that has a lot of spices. That's probably like right around when the spice trade started getting really big. Uh, the evolution then old style, you even have new style or young Jennifer, and those uh, are much less. So that all of all three of those categories 
uh, are dependent on the percentage of malt used in that base. And the young is the least, the least amount. So the young, to me, is going to get closer to a gin than anything, sometimes tasting just like a gin more than a Jennifer. Out of curiosity, what would you say it is like maybe more distinct about by the Dutch old Jennifer versus some of the others out there? I don't know that many. I only know, I think I have a bottle of Bulls Jennifer at home. Thoughts? I would just, I would say what I'm assuming you're talking about with Bulls is also an old style Jennifer. <laughs> so um, I'm not, I don't drink that one often. I, it's, it's actually been a few years since I've had it, but. Um, you know, there's similar styles. I find that the by the Dutch is there's just a little more. It has punch a little bit it. more aromatic to it too, which is nice because bulls can be bulls is just on its own. Having not also tasted in a while, I was never particularly a huge fan of Jennifer in the past. Um, but when you try the bulls, it definitely is a little bit more. I would say on the one dimensional side, it's just very malt heavy. You know, I think the complexity with this, particularly with the weight feel. Or the mouthfeel, excuse me, and a little bit more of the aromatics. You can definitely tell there's, you know, some more nuance to it. There's definitely more in the production side that they put. I was going to say, that's probably, you know, the comparison of the size of these companies by mm -hmm. the Dutch is obviously a very small company. Bulls is a very large, large successful company. company. Yeah. They're both successful companies, but... Um, I, I would say, you know, anytime you get into larger production methods, you could, you're probably going to get different textures. This one, I believe, is also a pot still. I don't know what Bulls uses. Pot still yeah. always keeps a lot of flavor in, mm -hmm. so that could be a big part of of that as well. There may be column still production with with Bulls, but again, I don't. I can't say that. I don't know. Right, and I don't mean to to have you pit by the Dutch against. Bulls or anything that was just then the first don't. thing that came to my mind. Yeah. Well, I mean that's the most <laughs> brand recognizable, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, Jennifer that there is in the market. You know, you see it. That's the. It's like if you have a fancy for Jennifer and you're going out. I mean, that's nine that's times out of ten. Saying. That's what they're going to have. I mm -hmm. mean, and for many years it was the only one you could find. So yeah, you know, too. of the of the, all the consumers, I'd say ninety percent of them are going to respond. Ninety percent that even know what a Jennifer is are going to respond with. Bulls as, yeah. as name me one brand of Jennifer. That's you know? that's where I'm in that ninety percent. I'm sure because that's the only one I think I would have been able to tell you off the top of my head. I, either way, there are there's a thing called the um, Jennifer Crusade, and that's like five to six companies that I think are a part of the EU and are like working together to educate the world on Jennifer as a category. So they're they're like teaming up for a cause instead of just gloves off fighting for the market share. Hmm. Um, so I think that is by the Dutch one of those producers. By the Dutch is not a part of it to my knowledge, but we can ask Joost when he's in. He'll be able to he'll be able to uh, describe the Jennifer Crusade much better than <laughs> I will. It's a pretty sweet name. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah, Jennifer is not. It was not on my twelve bottles, and it's. I think I've had the same bottle for some time just because I don't use it a lot. Um, when I'm thinking about subbing in for like a Negroni or something like that, I definitely think about other spirits to try, mm -hmm. whether that be a whiskey or rum or tequila or mezcal actually, but um, something neat to play with, I guess. 
Well, you know, I think too part of it, you know, the the departure of how we look at Jennifer, we look at it as a is a cocktail, always a cocktail format. But my understanding is that in Holland, they just drink it neat with beer bags. You know, it's it's that's it's it's not really like in a cocktail format. It's more in like a like how we would drink a shot of beam in a Budweiser. Yeah. You know, just having a beer and sip on that or. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think again? that's mo- I don't drink beam and Budweiser. <laughs> I drink barrel bourbon. Oh, and Budweiser. Yeah. I just I can't. I don't, game, game don't get along. It's too sweet for me. Yeah, that's exactly what I heard when, uh, you know, I think you told me that. Well, we had, we have a, yeah, I've, I've worked with another uh, Jennifer producer and every bar we went to, they, they said, oh, so what, what kind of cocktails do you guys make back, back home? And he's like, a Boilermaker? <laughs> <laughs> they don't, you know, and, and his response is, look, we're really behind when it comes to cocktail scene. Like, there's just not that culture in many countries. That kinda, it kind of shocks me. You think so? In Holland? Yeah. In you think Amsterdam? It would be more, yeah, it would be more popular, but I guess. Yeah. But I mean, look at the the cocktail scenes, the biggest ones. Some of the top bars in the world are, you know. A lot of them are in London. Anyway, you know, London, Japan, London, obviously. Japan and US. Yes, the US. Do you ever have yeah, uh, cocktails some, on any of your sure. menus? Jennifer cocktails? Well, yeah, we've done a bunch of Jennifer cocktails over the years. Um, and they're, you know, I think as of late, they've become definitely more popular. Um, but not definitely not our best sellers, mm-hmm. you know. We Is used that to re- in, in hand of the, the, the Jennifer Crusade? Why they're becoming more popular? It could be. It could be. <laughs> Or if you get somebody who's passionate, like one of my former bartenders, Jack Donahue, who like is should be part of the Jennifer Crusades, um, backs it, loves it. I mean, and he'll push it on everybody. If you can get the educational part of it, you know, where it's like, oh, this is the first gin, you know, try it. it's a little maltier. There's a little bit more, you know, there's a little more substance to it than you know a proto- you know, your prototypical gin. Um, I think you can get gain interest with people, particularly gen fans. You know, it's just more of the educational side of it. It's just like anything else. I mean, if you actually like we made this really, we're going to try it in a little bit. The egg or the advocat. If, if the consumer actually knew what it was, if you just put it on a menu as that, you don't put it as like shelf stable egg that, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> And then they try the cocktail. They're like, oh, well, this is really good. Where's this creaminess from? You're like, oh, it's a shelf-stable egg liqueur, you know, that tastes like birthday cake. As we'll try later. But, um, you know, it's just part of the educational process of people who want to expand their horizons and try different things. It's uh, It just takes a little bit of uh, pushing sometimes. But So then what is the – what what all is entailed with the event on Saturday that you're going to be doing? Because it's a Jennifer and sushi event. Is that what you said? Yeah, I, th- I, th- yeah, I think we'll probably make a, a simple stirred cocktail to really just, you know, nothing that's going to overpower it and just kind of play off some of the nuances of it and then pair it with uh, one of our uh, omakase style dishes, I would assume, from our chef Al Salinas. So. I think that's kind of the gist of it. Yeah, it's not this big crazy event, educational event. I it's think not a it's carnival. Just gonna, that's for sure. It's not a carnival. <laughs> it's get some food before going to the carnival. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, we'll all be there, so you can ask questions. We can try things. You know, I'm sure Yost can try through the line if somebody's interested. It's you know, it across the ponds, a, a small intimate place. So we just want to kind of be a gathering place, uh, have happy hour, 
get some food before heading to the wild of a cocktail carnival. Yeah. All right. So it's not like a preset menu type of thing where you come in and, you know, Jennifer cocktails are paired with sushi or anything. It's just like you can go in and check out some of the stuff in addition to whatever you open doors normally come when you want, stay as long as you want. Make some fun drinks. Yep. Cool. Yeah. Maybe Michael will make a drink for it. Who knows? Ooh. Which who? Like dust off the cobwebs. Yeah. You can get behind the bar. (laughs) Oh, you know, catch the last time you said I there, there's a lot of things in here. <laughs> no, if you said Mike, Mike, oh, oh, yeah, we could, you all could make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everybody. Last time I stepped behind your bar acting like a bartender, the night didn't end too well. Oh, that's true. That was Whoa. your Ooh, story. Grand opening of Pepper Koi about six years ago when I was like, Josh, my boy, I can work. <laughs> and I just decided to go back there. What happened? Oh, I was like, yeah, one drink for you, two <coughs> drinks for me. <laughs> it was our soft opening. It was like our friends and family night. It was the friends and family for sure. It was like karaoke. Yeah, I tried right. getting a light rail to Tempe at like one <laughs> forty-five in the morning. Yeah, I remember this now. And yeah, that was a while light night. rail closes at like 10 at night. That was when it was Club Koi before it was Clever Koi. <laughs> Should we go on to gin? Let's do it. Let's the do evolution it. continues. This gin's fun. Yeah, this one's good. You guys help yourselves. This is a good one. All the stuff they make is is really interesting, and I think the I think what's cool about it, particularly about the the line, is you kind of get to see the the history. You know, more I guess more of like the cultural side of what they drink in Holland. You know, yeah, which is cool. Which they drink some interesting stuff. mm Hmm. They probably think the same about us. Clink, clink. Clink, clink. Ooh. You almost got a meniscus there. <laughs> when we were tasting this earlier, Michael hit it on the hit it on the head. Like the nose is. Do you want me to call you Mike and you Mike <laughs> and you Michael? Does that work? Uh, yeah. Well, however you want to do it. I mean, I guess we I, I, I haven't even been just, doing it. I've been calling him Dinger for the yeah, podcast. Yeah, Dinger. Okay. Dinger. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa, Dinger and Micah. Whoa, Dinger. Micah. Okay. Well, when Dinger I and I were... keep my name. Yeah, you get it. You get to keep your name. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were talking about it earlier, when we you hit it on the, the head, when you... It definitely smells like Pisco. Yeah, it's And it got, smells like... It's got that, like, particularly that varietal of Pisco, the, the, the higher elevation, really floral. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely has that on the nose. I really like this gin. Me too. This is tasty. Yeah, this is. List of botanicals is juniper, nutmeg, cinnamon, cardamom. I'm just going to bring some of that. Laurel, blood orange, Hmm. coriander, and lemon peel. Yeah, I got all those. Mm -hmm. Even even though I don't know what laurel is. (laughs) Laurel is bay leaf. Oh, okay. That's a fun fact. (laughs) Dinger bringing the knowledge all over the place. That's right. What is the ABV? 42.5. They, the distillery that, they, that he has this made at is the original, the, the distillery that originated the production of gin. And it reminds me of the story of how gin started. It was a trade war. There was a trade war and the king put a war against the importing of Jennifer, I believe, something this is along these a lines. Story right here. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a classic Dinger story. 
There was something and with the, the trade. They, they were they stopped <laughs> importing Jennifer into England, and he, I think, originally well, originally came from um, the Dutch colonies, and so he's like, "Well, screw you. If we're not going, we know how to make give this. Us our shit. We're going to make it. We're going to make it." And that's how Jen started. Can't wait for Yost to tell us the actual story. I know it's a good thing we're doing this podcast just so he can correct us in a couple weeks. <laughs> That'll make a whole a whole another fun podcast. Yeah, so, no, but that is good. Yeah, the gin's nice. Well, tasty. Should we get weird? Yeah. I mean, so I was going to say I, we're getting into the stuff that I'm most excited about. I mean, because had gin and Jennifer's before, obviously, but uh, I've not really messed around with Batavia Iraq. Is that how you pronounce it, by the way? Mm -hmm. Okay. And I had to look up a lot of stuff on that just to... Uh, actually, I, I will say I looked up some stuff originally a week or two ago when we were talking about the milk punches because I felt like I kept seeing that pop up in a lot of recipes for milk punch. And I know yours had it too, right, Micah? Yeah. I bought my first <laughs> bottle a month ago and I decided I was going to try and make a few rounds of the clarified milk punch. So... Uh, I'm totally an expert now, so you can direct all your questions as well. <laughs> okay. Uh, what the hell is a rock? <laughs> Next question. <laughs> I, uh, I only know that I put in a half cup of it in my booze or in my punch <laughs> recipes. That is still, I would, even when I looked it up, was surprised to find out it was a rum. So I know very little about this despite drinking quite a bit of it recently. Yeah. When I was doing a little bit of research, it also said, you know, if you don't have this on hand, you can substitute a light rum or something like that. But um, yeah, Batavia, a rock. And the other thing that I was curious about, which maybe you guys know about Dinger and Josh is if you go into some places like Tops, I was in Tops the other day and there's a whole shelf of probably, I don't know, like half a dozen or eight different rocks. Oh, really? Yeah. And I thought they might be by the rum section knowing that they that it's indonesian rum or whatever but looking at some of the labels and stuff you know they were they were had like they were grape distillate or rice or something. i don't know it was not it was not the same as this one so i no, know that's a like a middle east uh spirit that a lot of times is flavored with like a nice and it's, it's yeah. a different uh, it's a different style of spirit okay the a-r-a-k yes yeah Oh, so there is there different spellings of it? Yeah, A R A K is the the um, distillate in the Middle East or Near East. Um, I, like you said, it's a grape uh, distillate, and then kind of it, it's more it's closer to an ouzo than mm. it is a rum. Um, Batavia Iraq started in a town in uh, called Batavia. This is this was like the epicenter for the Dutch East Indy Trading Company. Uh, it's now modern day, I think, is the city is Jakarta. But uh, it's made from molasses. So a byproduct of sugarcane. And then it's uh, distilled twice and rested in teakwood barrels. Similar to how like uh, agricole is made. Correct. Except agricole would be fresh press. Yeah. Would not be the byproduct. But yeah, it's Similar in funkiness levels too. It's kind of got that barnyardy. Oh, very yeah, yeah. This one it says uh, eight to twelve months in large and old teak wooden vats. Hmm. So, yeah, let's give it a taste. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for this one. Yeah, while you're pouring this, pulling up some, let's call them notes. 
like I prepared. Uh, a rock, probably of Arabic origin, means condensation, a reference to the process of distillation. There's another drink with a similar name, a rock or a rack, A-R-A-K instead of A-R-R-A-K, which is often fortified wine produced from grapes and flavored with anise. Oh, look at you, dinger. Such a Nailed it. This guy. John. I know. It's like when uh, he was describing the mezcal and and used minerality, and lo and behold, it was on their tasting sheet, minerality. <laughs> this guy knows his stuff. Well, apparently, historically, Dutch trading companies have always used the term Batavia Iraq for this Indonesian rum. All right, I'm giving it a taste. This is what our uh, liquor sponsor is for top bars as well. So we will have two cocktails with Batavia Iraq, and then one um, will be split base. One of the cocktails will be split base with the Advocat as well. Ooh. So we can talk about that when we get into it. But So I've been tasting a lot of this Batavia Iraq lately. This is a, make a long story short, neat in cocktails in all forms. So uh, this one in particular, you mean? This or, one in particular, yes. Okay. I'm very familiar with this at this point. And I just freshened up on a bit of information to, to say correctly, but I know I've always known that rice is involved in Batavia Iraq for some reason. And um, what I'm finding here is that it's typically grown on dried out red rice. Yeah. I think we talked about that in the similarities to sake with using koji, right. which is a natural bacteria that grows on rice, which they use to get the fermentation which process. Which creates certain Which is the old, of, the, the, old, the old way, the, the, yeah. the long way, I believe they call it. Yeah. And as far back as this spirit dates, this that is the sense. way they had it. Um, and I think that's where a lot of the... You know, the combination of uh, sugarcane byproduct, the resting in teak wood barrels for eight to 12 months, and then the strains of yeast that come from this red rice is where that yeah. like funkiness You, you can from. imagine if somebody tells you, oh, this has been aged in teak wood, you're like, okay, that's what teak wood tastes like, you know, yeah. because it's so different than, than um, like American oak, like you would see in bourbon. It doesn't give it any of those like rounder qualities no vanilla it's just like yeah it's it, it like akin to like how cedar smells yeah you know like teak has a very particularly um aromatic smell to it mm -hmm. and it really comes through in this yeah it adds like a little bit of spiciness to it almost and i think that probably has something to do with the rice as well but is there anything that you guys find pair really well with this Generally, not that you have to give your cocktail away for tops or anything, but is there stuff that you know when you well, think to you make see, a cocktail? With you it? see a lot of it with with at least in classic tiki cocktails. It's usually with like some form of allspice. You know, there's different. There's a hundred different variations of a rack punch. We just did a cocktail class at our Gilbert location before um, we had the issue with the fire there, um, but we did a we did a welcome punch with Batavia rack, um, the Goosen. I think the most popular one that you see in most bars but i i think application wise like it makes like an interesting stirred cocktail we did a riff on a tea punch with it um which is a traditional cocktail that served in martinique it literally means or creole means tiny punch and it's just um, rum agricole with syrup to cane um, which is like a, a pretty um spicy it's like it's like velvet falernum without alcohol a little bit spicier. I don't think it has alcohol in it. 
and then uh, half a lime squeezed in it. And it's meant to be taken as a shot, really, more than as a cocktail. But um, we did a fun little riff on that with as a. Is as that a, a swizzle style? How's the preparation? Is it just build and. Yeah, you just build it. Build and, in. Yeah. And the, the way I've always seen it and the way we do it at Clever Koi is that we stir it for a minute, just take the edge off of it. Um, and then it goes on a half cracked big cube, you know, and then it's it's really meant to be a neat cocktail with a little bit of ice. I think traditionally it's drank neat, you know, which is like room temp. Yeah, room yeah. temp lime juice <laughs> yeah. and, and a little bit of a spiced uh, simple, essentially. It's pretty intense. Yeah, the first time I took or Ross, dump, you know, it's like a the, the rum fire, the, you know how funky that is? It's super funky. That is what he made. Who made that? Ross. Oh, really? Yeah. A tea punch? Well, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. But it's like, it, it, it tastes like, it's, I mean, that's what it is. It's an agricultural rum. Yep. And uh, tea punch, tea punch made right, the right way is an amazing cocktail. It's so simple. It's, I mean, it's like a modified daiquiri, essentially. It's just a different application of making it, but. Um, yeah, well, and great. rum fire is not an agricultural, but it's funky. Like it, It's Jamaican, know, isn't it? Isn't Jamaican yeah, Jamaican pot. So it's made from molasses, but it's got an ester count of over 550. So. It's a lot of information on this bottle. Yeah, yeah like, definitely give you like a rich history on the yeah. bottle, which is it's kind of nice. I mean, mm -hmm. I like how for the cocktails, it just gives you names of cocktails that it can work with. Does it at least say go to their website? No, it doesn't. That's website. just that's what I was looking. I was like, yeah, really good a, social media with this company. Yeah, yeah. they have a they take yeah, they websites good, great. Instagrams yeah. pretty very nice. up. Yeah. Iraq attack. Up on trends. 18th century, the Iraq sour, night owl, Iraqery. Now I want to go find out what oh, these are and try them. Yeah. Well, I would imagine an Iraqery would be a daiquiri. But it has a rockery and then it also has daiquiri. Oh. So right. you're wrong. Interesting. That's how they get you. Yep. You got to find out that what answer. All right. Well, you're right. Flush with information on that bottle. <clears throat> Too much to read. I got a tiny little bit of a project that they did. This is going to be similar to what the undertow selection ended up being. They sent some samples when they first started this project and this is an aged Batavia Iraq, aged in uh, Oloroso Sherry, I believe, for eight years and then a year in PX Sherry or like six months PX Sherry. We'll have to find out exact details. This is just kind of a, a handwritten sticker Sample bottle label, so eight years you said was age for. I think eight in Oloroso and then a year in PX. Hmm. There has been one bottling ever in the world of this type of spirit, and that was to the European market. So this, uh, this release on February sixteenth, it's a Sunday, uh, is the first time ever in the U.S. Mm -hmm. for this. So this is. Super so, exciting. The and then, definitely comes out on the nose. Yeah. And then again, Yost is going to be here explaining kind of the history of the Dutch East Indies trade company. So go back real quick. You said it's going to be available on the 16th? Or what happens the on the 16th? The event is on the oh, 16th okay. where Yost will talk uh, about the history of the influence that the Dutch East Indies trade company had on the spirits world and kind of the evolution of spirits. Hmm. So we're going to be tasting through pretty much what we just went through, the Jennifer, the gin, the teakwood, Batavia, and then this isn't exactly what's going to be poured because this is just a sample of the style. Um, but 
there was a, there is a single barrel pick. That's nice. Private label, mm-hmm. undertow label, available for retail uh, at their sister place next door, Century Grand, inside their bottle shop. But we'll taste through these four and uh, hear yos and they got his their own bottle history. Nice, fancy. I'm gonna demonstrate why I don't verbalize my tasting notes. Uh-huh. I'm getting pineapple. <laughs> I, d- uh, I, pineapple is. He's all. I don't I think that's don't get like pineapple at super all. <laughs> far. No, I think I, I think I can see where he's coming from. I think I can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's Thanks. almost like. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, the nose definitely like screams sherry. I mean, it's got the classic like burnt caramel raisin kind of thing going on with it. A little bit of vanilla, kind of like maple, like pancake syrup. You know, not like good yeah. maple syrup, like pancake syrup, like Aunt yeah. Jemima. <laughs> yeah, it's just like um, you know, pancake syrup has a very um, predominant smell, it's more so than maple does. Maybe you know, maple's way more robust, smoky on the nose. It kind of drinks like, um, like a little cognac-ish. I like it. That much I know. <laughs> you guys, I can't compete with these guys on the tasting notes, but uh, I it's, think it's, it's great. I think it's really good. Yeah, it's an interesting way to kind of take the heat, the edge off of it. Yeah. I wonder what the ABV is on it. That's the ABV right on now. the, uh, just the regular rock is high. a little high, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's 48. Oh, it's right in front of me. Yeah, 48%. I think you could feel a little bit of that 48% when you were tasting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really um, rounds it out though. Good. You guys are good with those notes, the pineapple <laughs> and the... Well, now you're just trying to make me feel better. <laughs> the pancake syrup. Clearly... Josh was more successful in his analysis. <laughs> well, you know, like um, he was just throwing more stuff at the wall. <laughs> it's like I I draw like s- smells from when I was a kid. Most of pretty much like to me, like if somebody's like, oh, it it smells like uh, lemon verbana. I'm like, it smells like this shit we used to put on our horses to keep the flies off of it. <laughs> <laughs> flies off of them growing up. That's like what it reminds me of. Or pancake syrup. There's always like that kid in grade school always smelled like pancake syrup. You know. <laughs> always <laughs> you know always there's always like one kid who always smells like pancake syrup like i don't know if he like got it all over him before school or <laughs> uh so is this that uh tasting event that's the one at undertow you're talking about michael dinger yes tasting event uh yeah and savvy it's a savvy event where you'll it's educational event i think I, I did see that uh that event it was early Earlier than I thought. It was like it's, at 11 in the morning. There's two seating. Right? 11 a.m. is the first seating. And then uh, I think it goes to 11 to 12 and then 1230 to 1.30. And then they're, they open for normal hours at 2. Mm. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Just it's gonna be start good. sipping stuff at 11 a.m. Uh, we do that. There's anything wrong with that, I guess. We we'll do I've that. Started and then uh, JJ will be showcasing a couple drinks uh, later that night at Top Bars. That's right. And... One of them is, I think, a split base mm-hmm. between the Teakwood Batavia and the next our one next, in the line that we're going to taste. All right. This is yeah. the the funkiest one by far. Well, I don't know. I mean, some say funky, Batavia but is the funkiest. maybe not. You tell well, me. This funkiest is funkiest in concept for me. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So right. it's, right right on there. it's yeah. one of those things you can wrap your mind around, though, if you like. I, I hate eggnog and I the idea the too. idea of like getting drunk off eggnog is disgusting Oof, my yeah. nephew got so drunk last year on eggnog i was <laughs> oh i don't know how he does that um yeah i wouldn't be able to do it either it's 
crazy. It's crazy town. It says so, in bright red on the bottle, egg liqueur. Yeah, egg yolk. So typically, like traditional, it's called Advocat. It is brandy, egg yolk, and spices. Was this the one on the website that described it as a lawyer's drink? Yeah. I don't know. You yeah. guys said it, that in a message not too long ago, and I didn't hear that. But uh, So there, <laughs> what was kind of funny is on its own site, it doesn't uh, dedicate itself to one meaning over the other in terms of where Advocat came from. Mm-hmm. It said <clears throat> one uh, potential origin was a lawyer's drink, quote unquote, was where, you know, Advocat meaning advocate, so a lawyer's drink. I don't know why I'm trying to remember what it said. It wasn't because lawyers necessarily, it, like that was their go-to drink. It was another reason. It was, um, oh, name because it was named as a good lubricant for the throat, which would help mm-hmm. lawyers potentially mm-hmm. in the courtroom. That's, that's a, why. That's a roundabout way. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a little out there. I don't know. Uh, the other one was potential origin was just like a, a avocado. With yeah, the relation to avocado, which I could see based on the consistency texture, of it. Texture, which yeah. is what I found in, in an early research, um, was that at one point they were they were blending in avocado to spirits just for texture. Makes sense. Well, clink, clink. It tastes like it's way higher proof than it is. Yeah. Yep. It's only 20% <laughs> alcohol, but it tastes really? it's like, yeah, It's but it yeah. tastes like it's like 40 Mm-hmm. It does. I don't know if that's good. That's weird, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's interesting when you're trying to make cocktails with yeah, it. Yeah, I was going to say. Because it definitely tastes boozy. You know, like any application you, you do with it is boozy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, traditionally, I think the, the most common cocktail made with, for this is a snowball. It's just uh, this with um, Sprite. Yeah, and mm. lime juice. And lime juice. Or yeah. soda water and lime juice. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. I've had it before. Yeah. It's and not our, our cocktail that we're doing with this is is kind of like a modified snowball. So we're doing a split base with the Batavia rack and that's so a one ounce of each. And then we're essentially making a sparkling lemonade with yuzu and dye dye vinegar. So nice. Asian it up a little bit. That's you know? awesome. So yeah, it really cool. but it it's when you add the soda water to it, it it foams up like a Ramos does. It doesn't the the head doesn't last. It goes down quickly, probably like less than a minute. But it drinks like a, a Ramos does. It's like that light, creamy mm-hmm. kind of texture, bright with uh, with the citrus and everything. But yeah, it's it's an interesting spirit to work with. I they think your mind naturally wants to go dessert cocktails with it because it's just mm-hmm. so desserty. I mean, we tried a couple of beer flips with it, which were really good. Um, hmm. But that was definitely the best cocktail that we made was a snowball. Nice. Can't wait to try it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do know about the, you know, this being a little, maybe, I hope I'm not butchering this for Yost, but I think traditionally it's just egg yolk. And in this, I think for the purpose of cocktails, Yost uses the whole egg. So he's bringing in the whites as well so that you can get some, some froth and yeah. some, some whip in there. I'll definitely be going back to the website to find out how you make a fluffy duck. Oh, is that listed on there? Yeah, it's on the bottle. Fluffy duck. Snowball, canary flip, fluffy duck. 
Yeah, like in a flip application, it makes a lot of sense. Dutch courage, orange custard, and beach blonde. And I thought too, like for the application, it it would be cool for tiki cocktails too. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just it's a tough it's a it's a tough cookie to work with. Shelf stable. So, like, yeah. once opened, what kind of shelf life are we talking about? Still indefinite. It's, yeah, it doesn't say that's, anywhere on that bottle that you need to refrigerate it. It was that's what was informed to me hmm. was that it will last forever. You do not have to refrigerate. It wow. reminds me kind of of the Bulls yogurt. Remember that line? Bulls what? They had a yogurt, a Mediterranean yogurt liqueur, and it was it tasted just like yogurt. It was just but in liquor form. It was sour like yogurt. It was kind of boozy. We had to, we've used it. We actually used it at Top Bars last year. That was our that was our sponsor was Bulls. So uh, we used uh, we got. I still have like four bottles, but they don't make it anymore. So we have like the last four bottles of Bulls yogurt <laughs> production. But the reason that they don't make it anymore is because after they found out after a year that it spoils inside of the bottle because uh, everybody started getting real. Sick. Everybody started dying from Bulls yogurt. So. Hmm. The ones we have are probably bad. And the ones they subsequently gave us for top bars were probably bad as well. Yeah, I would not want to drink that straight. Um, but I could see it being very useful or to make some real interesting cocktails. Michael wants to drink very it diverse. straight. Yeah. I he was, he just poured himself a second. It's, it's odd You're enough. You're an eggnog guy, aren't you? No, I really, really don't like eggnog. It's, this is, it's strange enough that it draws you back in. Yeah. Exactly you want to just keep happened. tasting it. It's like <laughs> it like has MSG in it or something. Like no, it kind of has that. Like <laughs> I don't want to drink it again. And the description that you said about it tastes boozier than I don't it want to is. Drink it again. Yeah. Straight. It's baffling. Yeah. I had to like go back and see. Yeah. Every time I drink it, it tastes like it's real boozy. Yeah. It's like if uh, you were eating birthday cake and it had alcohol mm. in it. Yeah. You know, brandy. Or birthday cake batter, rather. You know, it's yeah. uh, it's like what I assumed rum cake would taste like when I was little. Like yeah. rum cake, that's got to be like yeah. powerful. I'll have a slice and get drunk, but <laughs> it depends on who makes it. You know, I've had some pretty boozy rum cakes. <laughs> yeah, I would be very excited, or I am very excited to try the cocktail <clears throat> that you have created with this, Josh. But it's um, fun. Yeah, I don't know about straight because I the the texture would add like this this past weekend. I was you know whipping up some New York sours, which I hadn't done in a long time, but with a little bit of egg white. And I really like that. I hadn't done that in a while. So throwing that in there in, into a cocktail, I could see giving it uh, the same kind of feel. Yeah, but it's something about the thickness that just doesn't, that, that doesn't sit well with I think if you added egg whites into a cocktail with this too and had a decent amount of it, it would really make for an interesting texture on a cocktail, which is one thing we didn't even try. So that's the lineup of by the Dutch, right? Those are the only four that they have. Don't say only. Well, this is their lineup. Four, 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 four very I mean, different things. Five, so, yes. five things. Really. Very yeah. different. Very, very unique. Different. They yeah. do some bitters as well, which we're hoping to have um, in stock by by Arizona Cocktail Weekend. So when Yos is back, um, I think he might be bringing some that we can. We can explore as well. But oh, I saw that one's ginger, right? They have a ginger, ginger bitter, which is like seventy-five percent really... ABV. So, oh, that would have been perfect for was... my keeping it one hundred. Because yeah. that was the only one thing that wasn't. I was using uh, Hella ginger bitters, and it was forty-seven. So it was close. But mm. I've been dumping that in a lot of uh, weekend morning lattes. Real good. Oh yeah, the ginger bitters. Nice, Ooh. nice. Yeah, I hear it's 
it's just so bold that like, you know, just a little bit brings it in. So we'll see. How do your throats feel? Lubricated? Very lubricated. Very yeah. lubricated. Now, why didn't we lead with this? Yeah, I know. should have started with this one. <laughs> uh, I actually saw the Avocat in Tops when I was looking for Batavia Rock. Yeah, from what I've heard in retail from retailers is that is a I was shocked to hear this. First of all, that it even sold when I, I when was shocked I first to see it. heard about I've it. I've seen it before. I, I think I even but, tasted it at Parlor, but I was shocked to see it. But it's a it's a big seasonal thing. So yeah. um, I think like around the holiday times, this is this stuff moves, and you know, I was surprised to hear that there is a, a group out there that seeks this out during the holidays, but. You know, after trying it, makes sense. Mm-hmm. You can make some some cool things, cool punches. Obviously, the eggnog theme, but excited to see what the craft cocktail world can do with it. Mm-hmm. Now that JJ's got his hands on it, overall experience mixing with a lot of this stuff, positive, sweet. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> no, it's <laughs> uh, above positive. <laughs> Uh, so far, so good. It's, yeah. you know, like I said, you definitely, even though these are products that are, aside from the avocado, widely available in the market in some some form, there is a lot of nuance to each spirit that I think is is interesting. Um, and with that, you know, the, like even something as silly or not silly, but something like the Jennifer, how different of a flavor pr- profile you get from it than you get from bowls allows you an application to where you can really take those nuances and those flavors and really accelerate them in a cocktail or yeah. enhance them in the cocktail rather as it were cool yeah so i'm i am a fan awesome well i'm interested to meet jos yeah or yos me too excited to have him in town hear some more about it traveling a long way to launch the brand in arizona to, to officially launch during Arizona Cocktail Weekend. Yeah, because we came up with like five or six questions. Hopefully we'll remember them, get some real answers. So join us again, coming back across the pond, February 15th, 16th. What day is it? 15th. 15th, the day what? after. February 15th, the day, day after Valentine's, mm-hmm. happy hour, ATP. We cover it? We get it all? Nailed it all? I think we Another did. one in... We're getting fast at this. I know. It's like a lot less dicking around than normal. What yeah. happened? I blame you. I guess occasionally we just need an eight-month eight month hiatus. <laughs> yeah. Oh. All right. Well, this stuff has been pretty uh, interesting to try. I would say I really liked three of the four and that I only – if you're doing it on the like to strongly liked – I would say I only liked the avocado just because it's different. Mm-hmm. But I am I, that could change once I try your cocktail, Josh. So. I'm already on board with it. I'm strangely drawn to it. So <laughs> Which is very when, odd uh, given that Micah, you I know, know, he's, he's very defies, sensitive to it. I tell you, it, 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 just, it just draws you in. Yeah. So now I'm super excited to see what you come up with. Yeah, it's, fun, it's, a, it's a fun drink. Chugging it out of the bottle can only get better from there. A different application. You know, <laughs> see. Oh, well. Mike is already starting to turn me. I would never see him this excited about anything. So maybe I'll be uh, fully on board. He's an avocado fam for life. I know. <laughs> I is there a crusade for that stuff? Because <laughs> crusade. I think it, maybe it latches on to the Jennifer. There we go. <laughs> crusade. Um, well, thanks for coming on, Josh. We appreciate I appreciate uh, you guys having me. Yeah, back. 
uh, anytime. You're always welcome here, my friend. So once again, your event is at Across the Pond. That's on Saturday, February 15th at, what time was it, Dinger? Or Josh, actually, probably the better person. Well, we open with the doors open at four o'clock, so we do happy hour from four to six. Okay, so we'll probably do it around that time zone, I would imagine, because gotcha. then every, everybody gets some food in their stomach before they go to the carnival, and yeah, and we'll probably have to get to the carnival early. Yeah. So, do yeah. they have a carnival last year, by the way? It wasn't called the carnival. It was cocktail jam. Oh, cocktail oh, jam. So That's it's just it different themes each year for some. They just some changed type of it to the carnival theme this year. From my understanding, yeah, because last year it was Z Trip DJ. Oh, okay, all right. Um, so then, yeah, Saturday night, yep, Saturday night will be the carnival. cocktail carnival. Um, and then following day, Sunday, uh, starting at 11 is the first seating at Undertow in Phoenix, uh, which, which will be the savvy event learning about the Dutch East Indies Trade Company with Jos Zonneveld, owner of By the Dutch. Followed by JJ showcasing this brand at Top Bars with uh, Across the Pond. Um, some some of his, his crew helping him from Clever Coy, fellow Osteria, all of these great places in the valley. And yeah. Oh, one other thing. Uh, after our last episode aired, I got a message. I think you guys did too from Abel Ariaga. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mescal Carino, you heard him on here a couple episodes back and was talking to him about the weekend. They're doing an event with Earn Your Booze, doing a hike. Mm. So check out their socials for that. That's going to be fun. I think it's, I think I'm going to try to join that as Saturday morning, just doing a hike with Mescal Carino and Earn Your Booze. Get out there and get a workout in before everything starts flowing on the weekend because there'll be a lot of consumption. So be responsible. You're going to have to hike a long way to earn all the stuff that's going to go down there. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, you know, I just realized it's President's Day that weekend, huh? Mm-hmm. For any of those that are lucky enough to get President's Day off, that's even all the more reason to go on Sunday to Top Bars. Not all of us, but some of us. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, feel free to hit us up. Uh, always parch at Gmail. And we're always on Instagram as well. Always parched. Facebook. And that's about it. Um, I, we should stop even talking about Facebook. We're never on. No, it's a fun yeah. running joke. <laughs> We're always on Facebook, guys. Just go ahead and send us a message on there. All right. Uh, it's a desert out there, so stay hydrated, kiddos. Thanks again, Josh. Thank you for having me. Or can you? Does that no, pick I'm you not, up? No. Oh, this okay. One won't pick me up. I would have guessed I'm that. I'm gonna have Mike. to get beard to beard here. Yeah. My ears are sweating. Why is that? Because it's hot in here. Are your ears covered? My headphones. No. They're warm. Mine are quite comfortable. We blow in, blow in there. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> awesome. It's comforting and erotic. <laughs> <laughs>